Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Babes Who Manifest podcast. I am your host, Luanza, aka The Gratitude Chick. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and give my podcast five stars. Also, follow me on all of my social media platforms. The Gratitude Chick for both Instagram and Facebook, Gratitude underscore Chick for Twitter, and on TikTok, Babes Who Manifest. Also, for all of my reading babes, check out the new reading merch on the website, www.bwmmerch.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of your reading corner with the Gratitude Chick. Now, uh, we have been reading The Alchemist, and as you guys know, it doesn't have chapters, so I've just been kind of reading parts. We're currently still on part one, and um, at the last part, we left off where the boy has sold his sheep. And he was on his way to find the treasure. So that's where we're going to pick up today. Um, Don't, uh, just as a reminder, (laughs) sorry, as a reminder, I do read with my own commentary. You don't have to agree, but I just wanted to make that disclaimer. How strange Africa is, thought the boy. He was sitting in a bar very much like the other bars he had seen along the narrow streets of Tangier. Some men were smoking from a gigantic pipe that they passed from one to the other. In just a few hours, he had seen men walking hand in hand, women with their faces covered, and priests that climbed to the tops of towers and chanted as everyone about him went to their knees and placed their foreheads on the ground. A practice of infidels, he said to himself. As a child in church, he had always looked at the image of Saint I'm sorry, St. Santiago Matamoros on his white horse, his sword unsheathed and figures such as these kneeling at his feet. The boy felt ill and terribly alone. The infidels had an evil look about them. Yikes. Okay, I'm not going to touch on that. Besides this, in the rush of his travels, he had forgotten a detail, just one detail, which could keep him from his treasure for a long time. Only Arabic was spoken in this country. Now, it doesn't specifically say what country he's in. It just says Africa. And, you know, so I don't know what country he's talking about. The owner of the bar approached him and the boy pointed to a drink that had been served at the next table. It turned out to be a bitter tea. The boy preferred wine. But he didn't need to worry about that right now. What he had to be concerned about was his treasure and how he was going to go about getting it. The sale of his sheep had left him with enough money in his pouch, and the boy knew that in money there was magic. So you guys get that? In money, they're saying magic, but we know in our, in our own society that money is power. Whoever has money is never really alone. Before long, many in just... Uh, I'm sorry... Before long, maybe in just a few days, he would be at the pyramid. An old man with a breastplate of gold wouldn't have lied just to acquire sheep. Now, we know in today's world, 
that people will lie for anything, especially when it's free. The old man had spoken about signs and omens, and as the boy was crossing the strait, he had thought about omens. Yes, the old man had known what he was talking about. During the time the boy had spent in the fields of Andalusia, he had become used to learning which path he should take by observing the ground and the sky. He had discovered that the presence of a certain bird meant that a snake was nearby and that a certain shrub was a sign that there was water in the area. The sheep had taught him that. If God leads the sheep so well, he will also lead a man, he thought, and that made him feel better. Amen. This is true. The tea seemed less bitter. Who are you? He heard a voice ask him in Spanish. The boy was relieved. He was thinking about omens and someone had appeared. How come you speak Spanish, he asked. The new arrival was a young man in Western dress, but the color of his skin suggested he was from this city. He was about the same age and height as the boy. Almost everyone here speaks Spanish. We're only two hours from Spain. Sit down and let me treat you to something, said the boy, and ask for a glass of wine for me. I hate this tea. There is no wine in this country, the young man said. The, the religion here forbids it. The boy told him that, they, that he needed to get to the pyramids. He almost began to tell him about his treasure, but decided not to do so. If he did, it was possible that the Arab would want a part of it as payment for taking him there. He remembered what the old man had said about offering something you didn't even have yet. I'd like you to take me there if you can. I can pay you to serve as my guide. Do you have any idea how to get there? The, new, the newcomer asked. The boy noticed that the owner of the bar stood nearby listening attentively to their conversation. He felt uneasy at the man's presence, but he had found a guide and didn't want to miss out on an opportunity. You have to cross the entire Sahara Desert, said the young man, and to do that, you need money. I need to know whether you have enough. The boy thought it a strange question, but he trusted in the old man who had said that when you really want something, the universe always conspires in your favor. You guys hearing this? The reason why I love this is because it's told in story form. And it's easier, easier to, to digest the information as long as you're attuned to see it. The first time I read this, I, I wasn't attuned. I just thought it was a nice little story um, about don't give up on your dreams. But there's so many gems in here. So I want you guys to, you know, I'm reading it to you, but I do want you guys to go and, and get the book and read it to yourself so that you can, you know, hear it in your own voice and in your own words and hear, you know, and get these gems. He said that when you really want something, the universe always conspires in your favor. And when you really want something, you believe it with everything in you. And that is how the universe conspires in your favor. That is how God gives you what you want. Because he said, if you believe, you can do anything you want if you believe. So when you really want something, it's because you believe in that thing that you want. So just keep that in mind. He took his money from his pouch and showed it to the young man. The owner of the bar came over and looked as well. The two men exchanged some words in Arabic, and the bar owner seemed irritated. Let's get out of here, said the, the new arrival. He wants us to leave. The boy was relieved. He got up to pay the bill, but the owner grabbed him and began to speak to him in an angry stream of words. 
The boy was strong and wanted to retaliate, but he was in a foreign country. His new friend pushed the owner aside and pulled the boy outside with him. He wanted your money, he said. Tangier is not like the... Oh, okay, I forgot they said, did say he was in Tangier. Tangier is not like the rest of Africa. This is a port, and every port has its thieves. Hmm. I wonder if this boy... I can't remember if this boy is the thief. The boy trusted his new friend. First mistake. First, first mistake, I think, is definitely trusting this guy. Second is calling him your friend. Two mistakes in one. He had helped him out in a dangerous situation. He doesn't even know if it was a dangerous situation because he doesn't speak Arabic. The, the owner could have been like, don't trust this guy because he's a con man. He doesn't know. You literally showed this man your money. Why wouldn't he try to tell you something different? So at least this is my take on it right now. And it could be a slanted take because I am from Chicago. <laughs> he took out his money and counted it again in this man's face. Why? But I, <laughs> whatever. We could get to the pyramids by tomorrow, said the other, taking the money. Taking the, did you hear? He took the money. He took the money. So now I'm sure we're not going to see this guy again. <laughs> but I have to buy two camels. They walked together through the narrow streets of Tangier. Everywhere there were stalls with items for sale. They reached the center of a large plaza where the market was held. There were thousands of people there arguing, selling, and buying vegetables for sale amongst daggers and carpets displayed alongside tobacco. But the, more, the boy never took his eye off his new friend. After all, he had all his money. Why? Why would you? <laughs> okay. He thought about asking him to give it back, but decided that would be unfriendly. Oh my gosh. He knew nothing about the customs of the strange land he was in. I'll just watch him, he said to himself. He knew he was stronger than his friend. Suddenly there, in the midst of all that confusion, he saw the most beautiful sword he had ever seen. The scabbard was embossed in silver, and the handle was black and encrusted with precious stones. The boy promised himself that when he returned from Egypt, he would buy that sword. Ask the owner of that stall how much the sword cost, he said to his friend. Then he realized that he had been distracted for a few moments, looking at the sword. His heart squeezed as if his chest had suddenly compressed. He was afraid to look around because he knew what he would find. He continued to look at the beautiful sword for a bit longer until he summoned the courage to turn around. All around him was the market with people coming and going, shouting and buying, and the aroma of strange foods. But nowhere could he find his new companion. Just like I said. The boy wanted to believe that his friend had simply become separated from him, from him by accident. He decided to stay there and wait as his... <laughs> As his, await his return. As he waited, a priest climbed to the top of a nearby tower and began to chant his chant. Everyone in the market fell to their knees, touched their forehead to the ground, and, and took up the chant. Then, like a colony of worker ants, they dismantled their stalls and left. The sun began its departure as well. The boy watched it through its traje trajectory for some time until it was hidden behind the white houses surrounding the plaza. He recalled that when the sun had risen that morning, he was on another continent, still a shepherd with 60 sheep and looking forward to meeting with a girl. That morning, he had known everything that was going to happen to him as he walked through the familiar fields. But now as the sun began to set, he was in a different country, a stranger in a strange land where he couldn't even speak the language. 
He was no longer a shepherd and he had nothing, not even the money to return and start everything over. All this happened between sunrise and sunset, the boy thought. He was feeling sorry for himself and lamenting the fact that his life could have changed so suddenly and so drastically. And I know everybody has been there. When you have awakened in the morning, you go, you're going about that day, and then the next day, next thing you know, you get a call and something tragic has happened, or you get a call and next thing you know, your job has laid you off or anything. So I know everybody can understand how he felt. He was so ashamed that he wanted to cry. He had never even wept in front of his own sheep, but the marketplace was empty and he was far from home, so he wept. He wept because God was unfair. First of all, don't blame it on God. You gave that man your money that you did not know of your own volition. Do not blame that on God. And because this was the way God repaid those who believed in their dreams, see? And this is how why God gets such a bad rap. Because when you make a decision of your own volition and it's a bad decision, you blame God. You made that decision, you had to take ownership. Don't blame anybody outside of yourself for the things that you have attracted into your life, good or bad. When I had my sheep, I was happy and I made those around me happy. People saw me coming and welcomed me, he thought, but now I'm sad and alone. I'm going to become bitter and distrustful of people because one person betrayed me. I'm going to hate those who have found their treasure because I never found mine. And I'm going to hold on to what little I have because I'm too insignificant to conquer the world. Now, if he continued to think this, all of these things he would be. Because this is what he is trying to believe. And if he actually believed these things, this would be a signal to his subconscious mind to bring all of this into his reality. So when I tell you to watch the things that you say and watch the, um, what, is, what do I say? Watch the things that you say and watch the things that you allow to repeat over and over in your mind. Your own negative self-talk is what I'm trying to say. Watch that because that negative self-talk that has kept your mind bound and your, and your reality in such a bad state, will keep you there unless you change your thoughts. He opened his pouch to see what was left of his possessions. Maybe there was a bit left of the sandwich he had eaten on the ship. But all he found was the heavy book, his jacket, and the two stones the old man had given him. As he looked at the stone, he felt relief for some reason. He had exchanged six sheep for two precious stones that had been taken from a gold breastplate. He could sell the stones and buy a return ticket, but this time I'll be smarter, the boy thought, removing them from the pouch so he could put them in his pocket. This was a port town, and the only truthful thing his friend had told him was that port down towns are full of thieves. Now he understood why the owner of the bar had been so upset. He was trying to tell him not to trust that man. I'm like everyone else. I see the world in terms of what I would like to see happen, not what actually does. He ran his fingers slowly over the stones, sensing their temperature and feeling their surfaces. They were his treasure. Just handling them made him feel better. They reminded him of the old man. When you want something, all the universe conspires in helping you to achieve it, he had said. That's the second time he remembered that. 
So if he continues to replay this over and over and over and over and over in his mind, it will become his belief. And everything he wants will always come to him because this will become his belief. So this is an example of when I tell you guys that some of the thoughts that you have on repeating your mind are not even your thoughts. The, this thought that he's thinking is from the old man. But if he continues to think it over and over and over and over and over again in his mind, not only will it become his thought, it will become his belief. And then it will be shown in his outer life. The boy was trying to understand the truth of what the old man had said. There he was in the empty marketplace without a scent to his name and with not a sheep to guard through the night. But the stones were proof that he had met with a king, a king who knew of the boy's past. They're called Urim and Thummim, and they can help you to read the omens. The boy put the stones back in the pouch and decided to do an experiment. The old man had said to ask very clear questions, and to do that, the boy had to know what he wanted. So he asked if the old man's blessing was still with him. He took out one of the stones. It was yes. Am I going to find my treasure, he asked. He stuck his hand into the pouch and felt around for one of the stones, and he did so. Both of them pushed through a hole in the pouch and fell to the ground. The boy had never even noticed that there was a hole in his pouch. He knelt down to find Urim and Thummim and put them back in the pouch. But as he saw them lying there on the ground, another phrase came to his mind. Learn to recognize omens and follow them. The old king had said, an omen. The boy smiled to himself. He picked up the two stones and put them back in his pouch. He didn't consider mending the hole. The stones could fall through anytime they wanted. He had learned that, they, that there were certain things one shouldn't ask about so as not to flee from one's own personal legend. I promised that I would make my own decisions, he said to himself, but the stones had told him that the old man was still with him and that made him feel more confident. He looked around at the empty plaza again, feeling less desperate than before. This wasn't a strange place. It was a new one. After all, now see, this is... This is this is an evidence or an example of what I say when I say, feel your feelings, but then make sure that you add gratitude to lift your spirits. And while he didn't add gratitude, he took from the old man and the things that the man had said, and even those two objects to help lift his spirit. Why? Because he blasted himself and hated himself and said so many disparaging things. And now, in the space of a few minutes or however many, you know, time lapse here, obviously it's the same within the same time frame because it's still night. He went from it being a strange land and, uh, you know, lonely place because he did know the language and all these things to this wasn't a strange place. It was a new one. So at this point, because of all of these things, his, he has shifted his focus from being negative to back being positive because he encouraged himself be, based on the uh, conversations that he remembered with the king and the two objects that the king gave him. So in his mind, the king was with him and it gave him the courage to continue on his journey. At least that's what I'm getting from it. After all, what he had always wanted was just that, to know new places. 
Even if he never got to the pyramids, he had already traveled farther than any shepherd he knew. Oh, if they only knew how different things are just two hours by ship from where they, they were, he thought. Although his new world at the moment was just an empty marketplace, he had already seen it when it was teeming with life. And he would never forget it. He remembered the sword. It hurt him a bit to think about it, but he had never seen one like it before. As he mused about these things, he realized that he had to choose between thinking of himself as the poor victim of a thief and as an adventurer in a quest of his treasure. So that in and of itself shows the difference when you wallow in, in pity or when you're feeling your feelings and you bring yourself up out of it. And that's basically what he did. He he realized that he could either stay in the depths of despair or he could just realize, you know what, <laughs> I am I am this, this is just a consequence or this is just something that happened, a mishap, I'm going to keep going. And this is kind of something that we need to learn for life. You know, so many things happen to us because it is life. Life happens. And sometimes in, hap in life happening, there are, you know, negative things that happen to us. So you can choose to wallow in that negativity or you can be choose gratitude and be grateful that you can continue on on this journey. So, um, you know, like I said, when you read when you're reading this book, the first time I didn't see all these gems, but this time they're just like slapping me in the face. So after he said, you know, OK, I'm, I'm going to read this part again. As he mused about these things, he realized that he had a ch he had to choose between thinking of himself as the poor victim of a thief and as a, an adventurer in a quest of his treasure. And here is interesting because this is his affirmation. I'm an adventurer looking for his treasure, he said to himself. So when he realized he had these two choices, he chose to look at himself as an adventurer and he created his own affirming statement. I am an adventurer looking for treasure. He was shaken into wakefulness by someone. He had fallen asleep in the middle of the marketplace and life in the plaza was about to resume. Looking around, he sought his sheep and then realized that he was in a new world. But instead of being saddened, he was happy. He no longer had to seek out food and water for the sheep. He could go in search of his treasure instead. He had not a cent in his pocket, but he had faith. He had decided the night before that he would be as much an adventurer as the ones he admired in books. He walked slowly through the market. The merchants were assembling their stalls and the boy helped a candy seller to do his. The candy seller had a smile on his face. He was happy, aware of what his life was about and ready to begin a day's work. His smile reminded the boy of the old man, the mysterious old king he had met. This candy merchant isn't making candy so that later he can travel or marry a shopkeeper's daughter. He's doing it because it's what he wants to do, thought the boy. He realized that he could do the same thing the old man had done, sense whether a person was near to or far from his personal legend just by looking at them. It's easy, and yet I've never done it before, he thought. When the stall was assembled, the candy seller offered the boy the first sweet he had made for the day. The boy thanked him and ate it and went on his way. When he had gone only a short distance, he realized that while they were erecting the stall, one of them had spoken Arabic and the other Spanish, and they had understood each other perfectly well. 
There must be a language that doesn't depend on words, the boy thought. I've already had that experience with my sheep, and now it's happening with people. He was learning a lot of new things. Some of them were things that he had experienced, he had already experienced, and weren't really new, but that he had never perceived before, and he hadn't perceived them because he had become accustomed to them. He realized if I can learn to understand this language without words, I can learn to understand the world. Relaxed and unhurried, he resolved that he would walk through the narrow streets of Tangier. Only in that way would he be able to read the omens. He knew it would re require a lot of patience, but shepherds know all about patience. Once again, he saw that in that strange land, he was applying the same lessons he had learned with his sheep. All things are one, the old man had said. The crystal merchant awoke with the day and felt the same anxiety that he felt every morning. He had been in the same place for 30 years, a shop at the top of a hilly street where, where few customers passed. Now it was too late to change anything. The only thing he had ever learned to do was to buy and sell crystal glassware. There had been a time when many people knew of his shop. Arab merchants, French, English, geologists, German soldiers who were always well healed. In those days, it had been wonderful to be selling crystal, and he had thought how he would become rich and have beautiful women at his side as he grew older. But as time passed, Tangier had changed. The nearby city of Ceuta had grown faster than Tangier, and business had fallen off. Neighbors moved away, and there remained only a few shops on the hill, and no one was going to climb the hill just to browse through a few, few small shops. But the crystal merchant had no choice. He had lived 30 years of his life buying and selling crystal pieces, and now it was too late to do anything else. So, listen, I turned 46 yesterday. And one thing I have realized in my 46 years on earth is it is never too late to be, do, or have anything that you want in life. I started this podcast when I was 45. There are huge podcasts out here that, you know, were out, have been out here for years and years and years, you know. Uh, what is his name? Joe Rogan. He, you know, no matter what's going on with him now, he has probably the largest podcast uh, of all podcasts. Spotify paid him $100 million, okay, to run his podcast on their platform. $100 million. And I'm just now starting. His podcast has been around for about 12, 15 years. But I'm I'm just starting. And it, his podcast being that large does not intimidate me because there are billions of people in this world. And what I know in looking at my own activity is that a lot of people listen to me that are not even in my own country. So what I will say is you can be, do, or have anything you want in life regardless of your age. Do not allow your age to intimidate you from going out and becoming the best you you can be. So that is what I have to say about that part. He spent the entire morning observing the infrequent comings and goings in the street. He had done this for years and knew the schedule of everyone who passed. But just before lunchtime, a boy stopped in front of the shop. He was dressed normally, but the practiced eyes of the crystal merchant could see that the boy had no money to spend. 
Nevertheless, the merchant decided to delay his lunch for a few moments until the boy moved on. A card hanging in the doorway announced that several languages were spoken in the shop. The boy saw a man appear behind the counter. I can clean up those glasses in the window if you want, said the boy. The way they look now, nobody's going to want to buy them. The man looked at him without responding. In exchange, you could give me something to eat. The man still said nothing, and the boy sensed that he was going to have to make a decision. In his pouch, he had his jacket. He certainly wasn't going to need it in the desert. Taking the jacket out, he began to clean the glasses. In half an hour, he had cleaned all the glasses in the window, and as he was doing so, two customers had entered the shop and bought some crystal. When he had completed the cleaning, he asked the man for something to eat. Let's go and have some lunch, said the crystal merchant. He put a sign on the door and they went to a small cafe nearby. As they sat down at the only table in the place, the crystal merchant laughed. You didn't have to do any cleaning, he said. The Quran requires me to feed a, a hungry person. Well, then why did you let me do it? The boy asked, because the crystal was dirty and both you and I needed to cleanse our minds of negative thoughts. When they had eaten, the merchant turned to the boy and said, I'd like you to work in my shop. Two customers came in today while you were working, and that's a good omen. People talk a lot about omens, thought the shepherd boy, but they really don't know what they're saying. Just as I hadn't realized that for many years I had been speaking a language without words to my sheep. Do you want to go to work for me, the merchant asked. I can work for the rest of the day, the boy answered. I'll work all night until dawn, and I'll clean every piece of crystal in your shop. In return, I need money to get to Egypt tomorrow. The merchant laughed. Even if you clean my crystal for an entire year, even if you earned a good commission selling every piece, you would still have to borrow money to get to Egypt. There are thousands of kilometers of desert between here and there. There was a moan of silence so profound that it seemed the city was asleep. No sound from the bazaars, no arguments among the merchants, no men climbing to the towers to chant, no hope, no adventure, no old kings or personal legends, no treasure and no pyramids. It was as if the world had fallen silent because the boy's soul had. He sat there staring blankly through the door of the cafe, wishing that he had died and that everything would end forever at that moment. Now, you know, you guys know that we go through these ebbs and flows where we have, we're riding high and then something happens to dash us. And why does it dash us? Because we don't control our thoughts. We don't control our thoughts. And when we allow our thoughts to continue to, to go and go and go, like he did just here in this moment, it affects our feelings. And this is why I say, um, do not allow a negative thought to continue. Because when it does, it brings with it tons of negative thoughts that turn into feelings of negativity. And as Neville Goddard says, feeling is the secret. Part of you attracting and bringing things into your reality is feeling. If you felt good all day long, guess what you're attracting to yourself? Things to continue to make you feel good. So in this instance, um, my, what I'm taking away from this is to stop the negative flow of your thoughts when negative things happen to you. Stop, just stop. The same way you shouldn't react when things happen, stop allowing your thoughts to run amok when things happen. Just stop. 
And this is why I always say you can always find gratitude. And even when you don't feel like it, do it. Because it is harmful to you to go back to something that you know just simply because it is comfortable for you. It is harming you. The merchant looked anxiously at the boy. All the joy he had seen that morning and suddenly has suddenly disappeared. I can give you the money you need to get back to your country, my son, said the crystal merchant. The boy said nothing. He got up, adjusted his clothing, and picked up his pouch. I'll work for you, he said. And after another long silence, he said, I need money to buy some sheep. So that was part one. Um, so in part two, we're going to figure out what happens with the young boy. And as I said, there are, I think it's only two parts to this. Um, let me go back. Let me go see. I'm on my Kindle, so I have to, it's, yeah, it's a prologue, part one, part two, and epilogue. So part two is pretty long because we're literally only on page 52. So part two goes from 53 to 164. So part two is pretty long. So as with part one, I'm going to break it up as I read it. So it's not just me droning on and on and on and on again. So I hope that you guys um, liked this, this part, this episode or what I've been reading. Um, it's some gems in the story, man, like really some gems. So I definitely encourage you guys to go and read this book for yourself. But thank you guys for tuning in to listen to me read it to you. Um, don't forget to add gratitude as a daily practice in your life. I promise you, as always, gratitude, adding gratitude as a daily practice in your life will help you and change your life. You guys have an awesome, awesome Thursday. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Babes Who Manifest podcast. I am your host, Luanza, a.k.a. The Gratitude Chick. Don't forget to subscribe to me on YouTube at The Gratitude Chick. Make sure to click in my description box for the link to paid surveys, manifesting merchandise, and much more.